It's Meteorological Monday. Monday. Weather, weather, whether you like it or not. Wow, how about that on a Monday? And it is the first full week of April. And I'm going to have a little bit more about what you just heard. And I'm always looking to up the ante here on Weather Jazz. And again, more on what you just heard in just a second. First of all, this is Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, earth science, astronomy, geology, etc. And from time to time, I go off topic. And that can really occur at uh, virtually any time. But most of the time, I do that on Open Line Friday. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this is episode number 173 for Monday, April 5th, 2021. And today is Meteorological Monday, as you just heard. And you heard that little stinger, that little jingle at the beginning of uh, the podcast today. And I would like to give an unsolicited endorsement and shout out to MRC.FM. Stands for MusicRadioCreative.FM. They're in the London area. And Mike and Isabella Russell are hosts of a fabulous weekly live YouTube show on Fridays called Free Jingle Fridays. And uh, don't ask me how I came across their uh, podcast or or their video YouTube show, but somehow I did and just found it fascinating. First of all, they're very entertaining to watch and they're good at what they do. What do they do? They produce radio stingers and jingles, and and they also show people how to do it. And every Friday, they take scripts that are submitted to them online. So last Friday, I actually submitted one. And so you will see how they went about, about uh, producing my jingle, the one that you just heard. Just go to my show notes at weatherjazz.com, and you will see the first embedded video uh, of uh, Mike Russell. I had Isabella Russell actually uh, voice my jingle or stinger, and you can choose which one you want to, to do the voiceover, and then he produces it, and you will see just exactly how they did that, and that is what you heard at the very beginning of uh, the program today. Very cool stuff. I'm always looking to really up the game, up the ante, make it more interesting to listen to. And this is one of those ways uh, that uh, I'll be doing that. And I'll look for other ways to do the Wednesday science-related um, podcast and program and of course open line friday too uh, eventually uh, all of that uh, will get some interesting 
opens along the way. Well, today is the first Monday in the month of April. Over the weekend, even though the weather across the lower 48 was extremely quiet, and we'll talk more about that too in just a second, it wasn't so quiet in Alaska. As a matter of fact, a number of places in Alaska had record snowfall for either April 2nd, April 3rd, and for some even into April the 4th. If you go to the show notes on weatherjazz.com, episode number 173, if you just go to Weather Jazz, and this is the most recent episode, it's going to be the first thing you see. And so scroll just past where you see Mike and uh, Isabella Russell uh, do the little stinger that we had at the beginning of the program today and you'll see some animation the animation uh, thanks and courtesy to weatherbell.com you'll see the storm center that moved right through central alaska producing record snowfall in a lot of places as a matter of fact just below that you'll see a photo that was snapped by the national weather service in fairbanks alaska and they saw a record setting seven inches of snowfall on Saturday, and that eclipsed the old record. Now, get this. The old record for April, you'd think, was probably somewhere around 7 inches or just under. No, only 2.3 inches in Fairbanks. And that was just five years ago in 2016. So they eclipsed their record, and I suspect that that record, the record snowfall of 7 inches on Saturday, is going to stand for a long, long time. And before we exit talking about snowfall and talking about how quiet the atmosphere was this weekend in the U.S., let me talk about the April 1st snowfall in the greater Cleveland area. For those of you listening, in the Ohio Valley, and especially in Cleveland, uh, we had on April 1st, 3.7 inches of snow. And uh, now, ever since I've been here in Northeast Ohio, I remember quite a few snowfalls on April 1st. And it's always dubbed the April Fool's snowfall, that the atmosphere was playing an April Fool's prank. I've been here now for 33 years. And I remember a good number of them and I estimated, even on the air, you know, I think that maybe about a third of them were snowy. So I went back into the record books and started the year that I started on television here in Cleveland when I was 28 years old, and that was in 1988. Don't do the math. Don't bother. <laughs> it's been a while. But since that beginning in 1988, I was right. Out of 33 April 1sts that I've experienced on the air here in uh, Cleveland at WJW Television, 11 of them have had measurable snowfall. So how about that? It was just about one-third. And so it's not too terribly unusual to have snow on April the 1st. However, what makes Our snowfall this most recent April 1st with 3.7 inches is the fact that it is the greatest amount of snowfall that Cleveland Hopkins Airport has received since, get this, Christmas Day. 
So since Christmas Day, and I think it was about five inches or so, we have not seen a daily snowfall um, surpassing that or even coming close to that until April the 1st. And on uh, and at any point in the month of March, really, we had no snow that was measured. We had a, a couple of days, too, that had trace of snow. In other words, not enough to measure. So the entire month of March had no measurable snow at Hopkins Airport. And that's an amazing thing. So perhaps we were just get, kind of getting accustomed to all of that. When all of a sudden April 1st comes around and voila, we wake up to 3.7 inches of snow. And of course, there were some communities that saw a little bit more than that, uh, four or five inches. But all of that disappeared over the weekend. Uh, it started disappearing on Saturday. Saturday was mostly sunny, but it was cool-ish, but it was above freezing. So, so the melting began, especially given the fact that the sun was so powerful. On Sunday, though, temperatures easily went up into the low 60s in some cases, and so any last signature or artifact of that snowfall pretty much disappeared, except and unless they were kind of piled up uh, in parking lots and stuff from uh, any of the plows that were pushing the snow around. All right. Well, let's move along because as we look at just past the big April snowfall, it was extraordinarily quiet in the continental United States just past that going into the weekend, April 2nd, April 3rd. There uh, is a host of ways that you can slice and dice weather information. It's all very interesting. And we're always looking at new ways of looking at that weather data. Well, one of the folks that uh, actually does a great job with that would be uh, the folks at the University of Iowa. And they have a great meteorology program. And many of these college uh, programs and college weather-related uh, 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 genres and, and and programs. They've got great websites, and they develop ways to look at, depict, slice and dice weather information. Now, I have a graph, again, on the show notes, weatherjazz.com. Go look at it, and you will see uh, what appears to be a graph that is weighted uh, red and blue. Red meaning uh, the number of climatological U.S. stations in the lower 48 that had no measurable rain. And on the right side of the graph, the blue, the number of stations that had measurable uh, rainfall stations for that particular day. And it starts um, on February the 15th. And if you go up the graph with every notch is another day. So at the very top of the graph, you'll see uh, just past uh, April the 1st, and you'll see something extraordinarily different. Only four places in the United States on April the 2nd 
recorded measurable precipitation out of all of the climatological stations where climate is assessed. And there are quite a few places across the lower 48. Only four of them reported a very nominal amount of rainfall, while the rest of them literally had no precipitation at all, reported and recorded. It was very, very, very quiet after that April 1st snowstorm left the area. And so the way that this particular graph works, that began, that type of record began in the year 2000. And this is the lowest daily total since the records of this nature began in 2000. In other words, it was the driest, quietest day in the lower 48 in terms of measurable precip or precipitation um, since 2000. Really interesting stuff. Also, in the wake of that big April snowfall, we had a pile of cold air coming in behind it. That's fairly typical. And with just enough snowpack in some communities, it encouraged radiational cooling with clear skies on Saturday night. So on Easter uh, Sunday morning, we had some record lows, and um, that actually began on Saturday, April 3rd, uh, with a host of record lows. And I've posted that graphic, again, on the show notes, weatherjazz.com. And everywhere from Charlotte, North Carolina, low of 26, that was a record. Danville, Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia, home of the Liberty University Flames, got down to 24 degrees. Uh, In Morrisville, Vermont, 13, uh, 16 was the uh, the old record. Uh, St. Johnsbury, Vermont, very close to where I went to college in Lindenville, Vermont. Uh, they had 14 degrees. The old record was 17 in just 2016, and that was just a handful of years ago, five years ago. Savannah, Georgia had a record low of 32 degrees right along the ocean. How about that? Yeah, even Wallops Island, Virginia, again, a coastal town, 26 degrees. And Wilmington, North Carolina, another coastal town. Um, I've got uh, my cousin who lives now very, very close to Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, uh, they kind of boasted the fact that they could start their gardens. Well, I hope they didn't because Wilmington hit 30 uh, for the overnight low temperature, a very, very rare sub-freezing temperature for this late in the season for them on April 3rd. Now, that is beginning to pull away, but if you look at the map just below that, you'll see what the temperature anomaly looked like for the first couple of days of April. And so we had this huge pile of very, very cool to cold air from bounded by, really, essentially east of a Chicago to Dallas line going all the way into Florida to the left of that line essentially bounded by Minneapolis to Albuquerque points west, it was all warmer than normal. That was just the first couple of days of April. So what are we looking at ahead for the country and particularly and very specifically for Northeast Ohio? We have a number of parameters that we look at and they help us to uh, essentially assess what the long-term trends might be. 
One of them is called the PNAO, or the PNA, Pacific North American Oscillation. And whenever it goes negative, essentially what happens here in the Ohio Valley is it starts to warm up. We're starting to see evidence of that right now. If you look at the graph on the show notes on episode 173, you'll see that, uh, that until we get to about April 10th or so, the uh, PNA stays negative, which means that we're going to generally be a little warmer than normal. Uh, But one of the other driving factors, the Arctic Oscillation is just straight out flat. It's neutral. Uh, So really, when you start seeing more than one parameters, not fighting each other, but not helping each other out, it's a little more difficult to discern what the pattern might hold. But at least initially, and this week, we are looking for temperatures to go well above normal. 60s, 70s, might even see some thundery weather. I don't don't anticipate any severe weather at this point in time. Uh, But uh, we will see some scattered showers and thunderstorms along several fronts that will try to come through. And eventually, with the Arctic Oscillation, which shows neutral, and with the PNA, which comes up also to neutral, it looks like once we get to about April 8th to 10th or so, we should get into what's called a progressive pattern where we see some ups and downs, Uh, some days that are a little cooler than normal, some days a little warmer than normal, some days at normal. They should average near normal. Well, this weekend marks the 47th anniversary of the USA's biggest tornado outbreak in our history. Got a map up there, uh, courtesy of the Weather Channel, and uh, you're going to see the tornado tracks that range uh, uh, from as far south as Alabama and as far north as Michigan, including Ohio, Kentucky. That's the one that produced the huge F5 tornado that flattened Xenia, Ohio, back uh, in this period in 1974. 150 tornadoes touched down in 24 hours, and that's the most in a 24-hour period. That included an amazing 30 F4 and F5 tornadoes, which would be the strongest on the uh, Ted Fujita scale. Uh, So there you have it, uh, a wrap-up of the weather, not only what's uh, recently come our way, what will come our way, but also a look back at 1974, which was certainly a banner year for severe weather, especially in the month of April. Uh, That pretty much wraps up this particular edition of Weather Jazz. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and the cool way that we started uh, that. And uh, we're going to ramp things up, too. Maybe we'll have Mike and Isabella Russell do something for our Wednesday Science Edition and Open Line Friday. I think we will. We'll find some way to get them involved. Uh, And again, an unsolicited uh, endorsement. If you're looking for some great audio work or you just enjoy watching two people having fun at what they do, go check out their YouTube channel. I will put a link 
on my show notes just below that video that you see so that uh, on Fridays at 8 a.m. you can tune in and uh, for the first half hour they basically just kind of uh, chat back and forth. They're building a new studio, which is really cool. And uh, they allowed us uh, access to it and privy to it by uh, virtue of uh, their cameras that are set up. And then they get into the radio production uh, from the scripts that are submitted for the first half hour. And then you'll see them produce some of them for those that uh, pay just a little bit extra. Very fun to watch. And if you're looking for something like that, you might want to think about submitting a script at some point. Very, very fun indeed. Mike and Isabella Russell uh, over at MRC.FM. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Spread the word, if you would, of this program and podcast inside your sphere of influence. Do it. Social media, email, over the fence. Let people know, hey. Have you ever listened to Weather Jazz? It's cool. So we are looking to grow the audience, not only in Northeast Ohio, but across the entire country, because I'm going to be sharing more and more about other parts of the country and also uh, beginning to bring guests in periodically from other parts of the country, which is where you come in, too. Let me know. Give me a suggestion. If you know somebody that I need to have on this program in a science or weather-related way, even in a non-science and weather-related way, anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world, I want to know about it, and I'm going to tell you how you can get in touch with me in just a second. But first, special thanks to all who have partnered to support Weather Jazz, Dale Osborne in Ohio, Will Antonia Krauss in Ohio, Christine Barnes in Ohio, Rosemore, Ohio, Victoria Singer in Vermont, Bill Martin in Florida, and Andrea Rich in Tennessee. And I want to add your name to that list. It's a growing family, and it's easy to become a supporter. And you will encourage me, too, uh, just to let you know that you're in that family. Uh, you're going to find the links at the bottom of every episode in the show notes, and you can partner any one of three levels. The lowest is just $0.99 cents a month, and that's very cool, too. Okay, if you have a question, a topic suggestion, or if you have someone that you think I need to have on the show sometime, I welcome your input. Two ways you can reach me is at the weatherjazz at yahoo.com email address. Again, weatherjazz, one word, at yahoo.com. But I also have voicemail available. Drop me a voicemail and you can give me your suggestions or let me know how you listen to Weather Jazz, how you came across Weather Jazz. Call me, the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. It's 234-525-5888, 234-525-5888. And if you're listening in the car and you can't transcribe that, don't worry, just go to weatherjazz.com. It's at the bottom of every episode and you can give me a call and uh, transcribe that when you have a little extra time. Well, if you're listening to Weather Jazz via any one of the many podcast apps out there, remember to subscribe, and that way you'll automatically download every single episode as I make them available. All right, Wednesday's uh, coming around the corner. I'm not exactly sure what I have planned yet, but I know on Friday, Open Line Friday, I have part 
two in my series of Little Free Libraries. Uh, We started that last Friday, and if you've not uh, checked out that episode, 172, go listen to it. It's very cool, and uh, we'll continue in that uh, avenue, that subject matter, Little Free Libraries, from a different angle. That's coming up this Friday. So we'll catch you with another engaging episode right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz Podcast.